Hello there, and thanks for joining us here on the Alliance Guide Community, where we empower you with the resources you need to reach heightened levels of success in your performance, your business, and as a leader. Or as I prefer to say, we're going to save the world through with more courage and better leadership. So here we are on the show. We explore the stories of our guests and the lessons they've learned. We also interview various subject matter experts and review books and other resources to help you establish clarity, have courage, and lead the way. I'm your host, Dale Walls, and I am the founder of Lions Guide. And on this episode, we've got Mr. Charles Wallace, who over his 30-year career, Charles has established a really diverse skill set that's helped him be a highly effective leader and build very successful teams. But, you know, while dealing with some heart issues and also living on numerous medications, Charles hit rock bottom at age 47. Uh, really, he was five foot five inches, but he was tipping the scales at 264 pounds. So decided to take control of his life. He went on to lose over 75 pounds so far, and he is now living medication free. He's on his way to lose 100 pounds is his goal. So uh, he's since, you know, on this journey, uh, he since started the Bear Essentials podcast, you know, with the goal to help other people change their mindsets and motivate them to get their life back just as he did. So on this episode, I kind of talked through his story, how he got there, how things got to where they were, what made him change, what he's learned, what he's been doing to maintain that and make it so far. I know it's a topic that, of interest, a lot of people out there and challenge. And uh, Charles has been a great uh, guest to come on and kind of share his story. And, uh, and really just that, how to keep it simple and get it done. So uh, before we get started, hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. And aside from that, you know, we've got a ton of exciting stuff going on in Lion's Guide. Uh, so you won't want to miss out on that. And to not miss out on that, go over to lionsguide.com, join our free members community. So you can see what we've got going on. You know, we've got the latest ready sheet downloads, which are quick access sheets on various things to help you in performance, leadership, book reviews, whatever. Uh, we've got actual book reviews coming up. We've got our challenge clubs going out each month where we have different challenges, whether it's physical or social media or whatever. It's on a ton of fun stuff there to keep us, keep us moving and striving. Uh, we've got different community events. We've got live streams. We've got new training and courses coming out uh, and out there. Go check them out. We've got discounts on memberships, workshops, a whole lot more, all available to you at lionsguy.com in the free members community, especially if you're a business owner. Uh, a lot of folks that have been dialing into Lions Guide and get, getting a ton out of it are, are business owners that can relate to my personal journey of starting a business, successfully selling it, blah, blah, blah. So um, if you're a business owner or someone who cares about your ability to perform and lead, head over to lionsguide.com, join our free members community today, and look forward to seeing you out there. With all that said, let's start the show. <laughs> All right, and on today's episode, we have Mr. Charles Wallace, who I wanted to come on uh, and talk about his comeback story and the lessons he learned. So uh, we'll jump into it. Charles, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Dale, thanks for having me. I've, I've been really looking forward to this. Um, my name is Charles Wallace. I, I host a podcast myself, uh, pretty active on LinkedIn. I'm sure we're going to get into all that. I don't want to give too much away here in the beginning. Um, I did want to do a service announcement, though. You guys, if you hear in the background, it's around mail time here. 
if my uh, dogs start barking, that's that's what it is. It'll be exciting. So yeah, which is typical. Um, I was telling you before the show, we've had we've had animals jump up, walk across the screen, and squeal in the background. It sounds like someone's dying. It's all good. Uh, so now I appreciate the warning, though. So um, yeah, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, my name's Charles Wallace. Uh, I mentioned about the podcast. I know we'll get into that, but that's my passion project. Uh, I've been in healthcare data analytics uh, for the last close to 30 years. I started working with computers and healthcare right out of high school, actually. I was only 17 when I graduated, and there was an opening for a computer room operator in an old IBM mainframe room back in late 80s, early 90s. And I took the job. I taught myself a lot about programming, read a bunch of books, really liked it. And I, I feel that I've been fortunate because I've been able to stick with the career. I've been with companies that have been acquired, mergers, acquisitions, but I've been pretty consistent and in, I've been in this industry now, like I said, for 30 years. So that's what I do for a living. I am an associate director at a company called IQVIA. Uh, we deal with pharmaceutical companies, med device companies. Um, we really do a lot with data and trying to help better healthcare outcomes. So being an IT guy, um, retired IT guy, um, so what do you, are you like on the database side or are you on the system side or, or where, where do you play in that? So I am actually now more client facing, to be honest. Oh, I, awesome. Yeah, I, um, I have a team now of eight individuals that are on my team. Um, we, like I said, we deal with a lot of the large pharma med device companies, but I am more client facing now. Um, my involvement is helping clients understand data, what what do they need to help them for their best outcomes, those types of things. And again, I know we'll get into this more, but I think this is also, as far as my career, where I'm at now is my other passion, and that is leadership and having yeah. a team of eight people, you know, pretty much for the most part younger than me. I really enjoy that mentor type role and trying to help groom the next generation of leaders. Yeah, we need it. And, and yeah, like I would love to jump into your experience around leadership. It's, I mean, it's a big part of the discussion online, Sky, just because I, I personally feel like leadership is at the core of success in anything. And even like you talk about like yourself and your own achieving your own goals. And, and we're going to get into some of this uh, around your story today, I'm sure. But, you know, self-discipline is really just self-leadership, right? It's really taking leadership principles and tactics that you would apply to a team and applying them to yourself, right? You're, you're taking charge of yourself in my world, in my head. That's, that's what discipline is. So I feel like, you know, leadership is always talking about others and people pick up books about leading their teams. But personally, I've always read it and go, yeah, well, that's, that's me leading me too, or being a father and, or whatever. It's, it's, you know, it's everywhere. It's, I mean, Flip and I, we, we say uh, leadership's like the force, right? It's everywhere. <laughs> It surrounds us. It is all things. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree, Dal. I, I I've learned now that the way I look at it is I feel like leadership, it starts with me being able to lead myself. And I do take a lot of pride in trying to lead by example. And I, 
I'm not a fan of those types of leaders that it's do as I say, not as I do. Like I've always been willing throughout my career. I'll get in there and, you know, for lack of better words, I'll get dirty with everyone to ensure that we're doing it the right way. You know, now as I've been around longer, I have started to realize that as sometimes as much as I may like to dive in, I do have to take a step back, though, because I think now what I didn't think about, I think leadership is also on levels like a journey itself. Like you start at a certain level. And now I feel like the level now that I'm really trying to improve on is where my leadership is dictating more about culture. And before it wasn't always that, you know, it was more about I need to lead the team. You know, I heard somebody say this on my podcast, I believe, two weeks ago. You know, there was... um, a lot of people may be good managers, but not everybody's a good leader. Yeah. And, you know, I think for a while there, I was definitely a fantastic manager doing all the right things. Right. But I did need to take a step back and look at, you know, am I more managing people, managing situations, or am I really being a leader? So I really have been focusing lately on trying to be more of a leader. Yeah. You know, I, the way I try to break it down to people is, Leadership and management, you know, management, you manage processes, right? And leadership, you lead people, right? You lead them through those processes. And, 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 you know, when you think about that line, like then you you manage a system and you ensure the resources, i.e. the people are all adhering to the needs of the system, but you then still lead people. And like you said, that comes down to culture and engagement and, you know, vision casting even, right? And and mm-hmm. all those things, right? They end up a bit independent of the system. And that's where people get, they think being in charge is management only, and they get so hyper-focused on the system um, when they really need both, right? It's, it's you know, multi, multi-faceted in that regard as far as, you know, the big picture. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've taken to heart, uh, I had a guy, a friend of mine mentioned this to me years ago, and I still mention this to people, he said, when it comes to leadership, trust is our currency. He said, you have to have the trust. And if you earn that trust and continue to earn that trust every day, people will follow you. Yeah. They don't trust you. They won't be willing to follow you. Right. Yeah. I, I feel that's um, that's a lot of what we're seeing today in this this big transition of people changing jobs and, and so on and so forth. And, is I feel like psychologically, some of it comes down to the trust in their current situation, you know, and, and is it congruent with their life or, you know, will the organization be able to survive more, you know, volatility, you know, over the coming years and things like that. People are looking for uh, possibly a, a part of it. I know there's a lot of reasons out there, but a part of it, I think, is they're they're trying to find maybe a better trusted partner in their employment, you know, Um you know, maybe they don't trust the leadership anymore, you know, and things like that. So they start looking forward elsewhere. Yeah, that is a big deal. And I know, you know, I've started to pay more attention over the last couple of years to uh, to the surveys that, you know, people, you know, they do the surveys, people take the anonymous surveys. And, you know, I'd be I was that wasn't me before. Now I'm starting to, you know, look at the data and I always take the opportunity with those surveys now is to try to really do a self-assessment at that time and really go, OK, what what can I do better? You know, because I think also I'm starting to really be a lot better at it starts with me. And, you know, I have to take that responsibility. And, you know, I'm definitely really big on the whole Jocko Willink, the extreme ownership. 
I've really taken that style to heart that it, it starts with me. You know, I'll let people grow under me and develop under me. But ultimately, my job is to help them grow. But I do look at it as I also have part of my job is to shield them, right? So if something happens, I need to be the one who kind of takes the, say, blame, because I'm not going to have somebody on my team being blamed. We'll have a discussion how they can improve, but that's going to come from me and not from somebody above me. Are there any kind of, you know, happenings, things that kind of brought you to those those realizations that you kind of, like when you didn't know these things, but what kind of made you kind of start to level up on the leadership side and start to maybe lean more into setting the example? I think it was my personal life, to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I think that obviously we'll get into that more, but I, I wasn't doing a good job of leading myself, Dale. Mm-hmm. I was you know, health, fitness, diet, all that. I mean, I was, you know, I sit here and I had, listen, I have a lot of experience in this industry as far as, you know, understanding the healthcare industry data. You know, I don't like to use the word expert, but I know others may look at me and say, oh, he's an expert in that area. I don't, I don't think I'm an expert. I I say this a lot too. I'm an expert in nothing, a student in everything, you know, Um, but it, it, it was me. I needed to take ownership of myself before I could expect anybody to want to follow me. And they may have followed me because in title, I was the boss, so to speak. Right. But look, I'm not naive. I know that I was setting a bad example. I was setting a bad example at home to my kids. You know, I'm so grateful that they didn't follow in my footsteps. Some of the example I was setting. Right. And look, I'm not naive to the point that I know that probably people behind my back, you know, they probably, there are probably whispers. Oh yeah, how? Why should I follow that guy? He's a wreck. Like, what does he? Sure. What can he offer me? So, so yeah, I think ultimately it boiled down to it was it was me. I needed to get myself in a position that I felt worthy, almost, of leading others. So, I know you're uh, you're hailing from the Philadelphia area. What like have you always been from there? Or yes. Yeah. Yeah. I grew, I was born and raised in Philadelphia. I grew up in a neighborhood called um, Fishtown. And, you know, I have my, you know, two brothers, two sisters. I'm the oldest. And, you know, we, you know, we didn't have a lot growing up, so to speak, as far as money, but I never felt that I, I, you know, lacked for anything, lack of a better word. And, you know, one thing I will say, I, as far as being a leader, my my dad, obviously, nobody's perfect, but my dad has, to this day, extremely strong work ethic. And mm-hmm. I like to think that that is something that I picked up on uh, as far as, you know, working hard. I've always been willing to work hard. I've always been willing to put the hours in, you know, and that was the crazy part, right? Because I've always felt like I was willing to work hard, but then physically, I let myself go, right? I became mm-hmm. lazy. And I, I want to sit here and I tell you now, yeah, my dad had a strong work ethic. I was willing to work hard. And here I was, you know, at some point sitting on the sofa, watching TV, eating whatever, and, you know, just becoming a mess, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So um, definitely, you know, born and raised in this area, uh, met my wife uh, in this area. My kids were born in this area. And, you know, we 
you know, I moved with my wife. We bought our first house in, you know, nice little home uh, in a nice section. Uh, unfortunately, you may be familiar. Some of the cities, unfortunately, starting to turn, not being so great. And again, there's another example. I probably, I look back, I feel fortunate that we, our neighborhood started to get not so great, you know, mm-hmm. and as the, as the father, as a parent, I probably should have made a decision sooner and done things better to get my kids out of that situation sooner. Ultimately, you know, we finally, we finally did Uh true story turning point there. I literally come home from work one day, pull up to the house and Dale. And now this is when I'm physically not even close to my best. I literally, my kids were in the yard and I see a gentleman running down the street with a gun, brandishing a gun with a police officer chasing him. I literally had to hurdle the fence, usher the kids into the yard. And that was there where I'm like, we're, it doesn't matter. We're out. We got to get out, you know? So, so it's things like that. You know, I, um, my neighborhood, I can't sit here and tell you that my neighborhood or where I grew up, it wasn't, look, it was, it was somewhat rough. Right. I, I mean, you know, I'm not the toughest guy in the world, but obviously I've had my scraps growing up and, you know, I think that's all what shaped me though. You know, I, I do say, I got a thing with my own podcast. I call it the old bear flight club. And I'll be honest, man, I do. I will say this to anybody. I, I consider myself a fighter and I'll fight for my family. I'll fight for the people that report to me. And that's where I hang my hat. I will fight for all those people and for what's right. And again, I wasn't fighting for myself, but now I am. And I'm proud to say it. And you were saying, uh, you know, talk about in your bio, you know, you, you kind of hit rock bottom, you know, a few years back at, at 47, is it? Yeah. And I mean, what is that? Well, like, what is, what does that mean? Like, what was the situation? So I'm not that tall, obviously I'm around five, five. Right. And I had gotten up to 267 pounds mm. and I was on multiple medications. I mean, I'll even say this to you. This is how bad it was. I was just, I can't even remember what they were. Some of them, right. It was just doctor said, take this, take that. Did it. Right. But I started to get these um, weird feelings in my chest. Now my dad has had two heart attacks, mind you. One, he had his first at age 46, wow. uh, had another one after that. Now, again, just to give you another about the work ethic. My dad had his heart attack finished loading the truck before he went to the hospital. But, you know, um, I started to have these issues and it got really weird where I would be in bed at night and I would have this like weird sensation in my chest, almost a fluttering, a little bit of pain, some palpitations. And I would lay in bed and I'd say, you know what? Let's see. Let's see if I wake up the next day. Okay. Like that, that's scary. Like that's scary. And here's the, When I say rock bottom, here's the rock bottom. Woke up the next day. My idea was, oh, great. I'm awake. Woke up, lived to another day. Guess what? Gives me the ability to go continue all this self-destructive behavior. Uh, What sense does that make? But that was my rock bottom. Were you literally indifferent to living or dying at that point? Not that I was. I was scared, but I wasn't. I, I 
I did. I didn't want to go to the, to really talk to the doctor about it because I was afraid he was going to tell me I was going to die or I needed surgery. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, and listen, and I look. I can I'm, look. I'm not the the brightest guy. I'm reasonably intelligent. I've had a great career in what I do, right? But like, this is true stuff, man. And I guarantee you, there's other people out there that probably go through this and do the same thing. And this was my whole reason for wanting to start my podcast because I think there's more people out there who you would think. Like, why would somebody do that? Right now, I would I would bet there's so many more people that right now may see this and go, yeah, I used to I used to feel the same way, you know. Right. Right. And finally, something hit. I go to a cardiologist. Finally, a doctor who decided to tell me like it was right. I I know it's obviously right now politically correct. Right. The PC culture, fat shaming. Right. I. I would get people, you look fine, you know, you're big boned, you're carrying your weight well, kind of. No, I wasn't. I was a mess. And I needed somebody to tell me to maybe spare me along to make a decision for my health. Nobody did, but I finally see a doctor who said, um, he said, Hey, I'm gonna be straight. Do you want it straight or do you want me to sugarcoat it? I said, I want it straight. I finally I want it straight. Mm. And I'll never forget this, Dale. He said, do you have, do you not, you have eight friends? Do you know eight people? Yeah. Why? He said, cause you're going to have a heavy casket. You're going to need eight, not six. Wow. And I'm like, from that day, I said, well, what do I need to do to get off this medicine? I don't want to be on this medicine anymore. He said, if you can work with me to do the right things, I gladly get you off this medicine. Right. They put a monitor on me and Literally the week before this, I just started to go back to the gym, right? Mm. I didn't mention this, though. This is kind of funny. So they were getting false readings because they didn't realize I was going to the gym and I was working out with this heart monitor on. <laughs> so they had to call me. They're like, uh, is everything all right? We, we noticed some weird readings here. Your heart rate jumping really high. I'm like, oh, it's probably when I was when I was working out. My heart rate was literally getting up like 172, 173. They didn't know I was working out, though. So I go back in and doctor's like, I'm really proud that you're working out. He goes, we probably should have let us know that before we uh, we had this heart monitor thing going, because we thought like we were emergency room yeah. intervention. Right. <laughs> so so that was what I call rock bottom. And I'm glad to say from that point on that day. I started to lose probably the week before when I started to go to the gym, I started to change my habits. Because you mentioned this earlier about self-discipline. I know for me, self-discipline, my safety spot with self-discipline is in the habits I create. I don't trust myself for self-discipline, but I trust that if I form good habits, those habits will carry me through any lack of bad judgment or self-discipline I may have. And from that point on, it's been a continual, you know, down. I've been coming down doing all the right things. Um, I weigh myself pretty much every day. Uh, my goal is to get to 167 pounds, uh, more to probably say I lost hundred pounds and, um, I'm closing in, I'm at 181 pounds, but I've, I've not done it the way most people may do this. Right. I've not done any type of rapid like fad right now. I mean, I've put the work in. it's been eating right, working. I work out three days a week with a trainer. And I really focus now, not just on the weight, the number on the scale. I focus on my 
performance in the gym and I let that guide me like um maybe it's a weird goal I have a goal that I want to by the end of this year 50 years old I want to deadlift 500 pounds mm. along with the over the weight part of that weight was that I had two herniated discs so proud to say that on New Year's Eve of 2021 I hit the first milestone I deadlifted 405 mm. and we're working this year to get to that level um, I monitor my heart rate all the time with my, you know, my smartwatch, things like that. Uh, my resting heart rate now, Dale, is actually down probably around 66, 67. Do you know what it was before when they were first monitoring you? Dale, it was like 98. Yeah, and that was like 98 just sitting down. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's that's, you know, that's my rock bottom. And, you know, my wife luckily now is on this journey with me and she's, I can't even say enough. I mean, she's now almost lost a hundred pounds in 10 months. Now, did she see you? Like, how did that come about? Did she see that you were making these changes and it set an example or was it kind of like a partnership going, Hey, we're going to change. Nope, not at all. And that's the thing. And I would say this to a lot of people. Um, I don't think you ever, you have to hit your own rock bottom. Mm. Nobody can pull you through this. You have to experience it yourself. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to mess the name up. The the guy that sings, I'm not a country fan. I don't, I don't, I'm not real in the country music, but Tennessee whiskey, Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Chris Stapleton. Gotcha. My wife will tell you that he saved her life. And here's why she got to go to a concert with a friend of hers, they had to park far away and it was standing. And she literally that night came home. She's like, I'm done. She's like, I, I so sore, felt horrible out of breath. Like, and that was her moment. And from that point, we kind of joined forces and she's just destroying it now. She's amazing. Like she's, I look at her now and it's amazing. Like, honestly, like what she's done over these past 10 months is just crazy. But to what I was saying, that was her rock bottom and nothing that I did could lead her through it herself. Sure. She had to hit her own rock bottom. Like me, I had to hit mine. And I think it's like that for a lot of people. And my hope is when I tell my story is that I don't expect people to hear my story and that may changes them automatically. But my hope is that if you hear my story, it may make you examine what's going on in your own life. And you may come to a realization that maybe you are at your rock bottom and it's time to make changes. Yeah. And so when who started making it, who hit the rock bottom first, you or your wife? Me. And was there some, because I know like when people decide to make this type of lifestyle change, it's disruptive. And was there any kind of like pushback, like between your and your wife, as far as like you making this change and maybe she wasn't ready at that time was there any kind of friction there around that it was always tough because you know i found myself a lot of time and i'll say this too i wasn't and not not that i am now i'm not a master chef but i've learned i've learned how to cook a lot more now right i'm a i'm really efficient in the kitchen now i can cook and my wife can cook now right but prior to that right i was doing a lot of like i would order meals come in a box every week right and I was doing my best to stick to that. Right. And I won't lie. It's, you know, and my wife has said this now too. She said, you know, looking back, I don't even know how you made the progress that you did because it's tough. You know, now funny story, 
my kids. Um, well, I, our family's big on nicknames. And that's why my podcast is The Bear Essentials. My nickname's Bear. But prior to that, I also used to be the Cookie Monster. And Dale, true, true story, when the cookies were gone, they would come in, chips ahoy, right? Cookies are gone. They knew who ate the cookies. It was me. So part of me is like, well, it's great now. If the cookies are ever missing, it's like somebody else did it. It wasn't me. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's been it's been that, but I feel like both of us now are at a spot where I feel like we're really on that together on this and we're both in our own way trying to help people. Like she runs an online boutique where she sells clothes and she's gotten so many people reaching out to her now just about her story. And she's actually now starting to talk to people about what she's done and the way she's had progress. And, you know, I said, like I said, I don't think we can, we're not any better than anybody else. And, you know, I think just that we hit that point in our life where we decided, and I'll tell you this, and I don't, I don't know how old you are, but I can say this too, for me at 50, you know, I had some weight issues again when I was younger and I tried a little bit to lose weight, but damn, Dale, I know this for a fact. If I ever do revert back to that guy that I was at 47, I don't know if I can ever get back, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like I feel the difference now, right? Like at 50 years old, the workouts, you know, all of it, it becomes that much harder than it was before, you know? So that whole yo-yo effect, my wife and I talk about it. Like, I don't know if we have another one in us, to be quite frank. You know, I don't know if we can sit here now and I could talk to you six months from now and go, yeah, I gained 30 pounds now. How about that? But I don't know if I'd be at that point where I'll be able to lose it again, you know? Mm. So I have no intention of doing that and not, either does she. And together, yeah, I was ask that. Does, that, does that give you some necessity to maintain basically to not flip? 100%. I, Dale, I say this all the time. When I look in the mirror now, I see that 267 pound guy and it scares the hell out of me. And, mm. you know, he's my motivation and he's my boogeyman, honestly. But you know what? He's always going to be there for me because I think if I get too complacent and I forget about him, I got a better chance of becoming them again. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, and, and I love, you know, you guys working together because that makes it, I won't say easier, but it, it, it takes that friction away when, when you're in alignment with your partner and you guys are on the same page with the same goals and objectives, instead of, you know, like I said, you know, some folks try to go through this and, and they don't have a support system around them, right? They've got that, you know, that circle that enabled, you know, the, the bad stuff in the first place. And now here they are, they're in friction of that. So, you know, it's awesome to hear that, you know, your, your wife and you both are kind of on this journey and, and with the same values and stuff. What do you think was like your biggest challenge to overcome in this? When, when, so you, <laughs> doctor says you need eight to carry your casket, you're making changes and up to this point, what's been the, what, what was the hardest part for you that you had to overcome? Food. It was food, honestly. Like food was my downfall. Like I, I listen, I got a sweet tooth. I'll say it, right? And listen, like where we live in Philadelphia, you find a pizza shop, at obviously Philly cheesesteaks, right? You can find those places on every every two blocks, mm -hmm. right? And being busy, working, both our schedules, it was much easier to come home and pick up the phone and order food and have it delivered to the house 
than it was to go to the supermarket and and cook. You know, now we find ourselves, and my wife's fantastic at this. Like, yeah, we're probably every two to three days there's at least a trip to the supermarket to kind of like we try now. One thing we try to do is to buy meals for about two to three days, right? But we like to buy fresh. And we will do that, right? Obviously, you get your other odds and ends in bulk. But that stuff, you know, we're every two to three days. And, you know, it's great because we'll sit down, we'll make a meal plan. What do you want? You know, um, but food was my killer. And the fact that I wasn't a good cook, it was almost my thing. Like, I would try sometimes to look at those menus. Oh, chicken sounds good, right? And then I I get the sandwich that was, you know, that big and I, hey, why would I'm not yeah, wasting thousand calories or whatever? I paid for that. I'm eating that whole thing, right? So food was definitely my biggest issue. Um, I'm proud to say that the work ethic that I mentioned to you, the work ethic still was there, right? Like I've always been willing to, if I get into a routine when it comes to working out, I'm real good at suffering through workouts. I like that. I enjoy. I'll call it the suck. Like I. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I'll give you an example. I went in on a Friday. I asked if I could just do tire sledges for 60 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I literally like to now challenge myself every now and then to just do something that really sucks physically and mentally because I feel like I have to be challenging myself mentally along with physically. And, you know, obviously, I. I see a trainer three days a week, which I love because I like having the variety. I like that I don't have to have tons of equipment. I like the variety of equipment that is there. And listen, I'll be totally frank. You know what I really love? I love the fact that I go there and I'm that guy. He says, here's what we have today. Okay, cool. I don't want to know what it is before I get there. I want to go there and I want to do it. And now my wife has been going to the same trainer. She goes there too. Um, And funniest thing is, both my youngest daughters are actually going there once or twice a week with us. So it's like really catching on. And my son, my son who wrestled in college, he's actually an amateur MMA fighter now. Mm. So he's in great shape. He trains there. And like, I let, you know, it's funny. Food was my biggest obstacle. But when I look now, it's funny when I think about it, I look at my kids and my wife Food being my obstacle, those are my biggest inspirations now and my best example. And I don't even think they mean to be, especially my kids. But I watch my daughters dance competitively. My oldest daughter is actually runs the business with my wife and they work out together a lot, too. Like she's been working hard on all this, too. So like seeing what they're willing to do, like what my son's willing to put himself through, it's like, God, like they definitely didn't see this example for me, you know, what an ass I was. And you know what? Now though, I'm determined that this is what they're going to see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. And, and it's your, your main, they may have been setting that standard before you did, but you're helping maintain it. Right. Like they now can't fall back and go, well, you know, my dad, he never went suffered through all this healthy eating and working out and, you know, right. So you've raised the bar essentially to, to not even give them something to fall back to, you know, so to speak. So yeah, it's, awesome. it goes back to what I said earlier, that whole leadership thing of do as I say, but not as I do kind of thing. Yeah. And I just, that, you know, as far as leaders, that just infuriates me. Like it, it's been my biggest pet peeve probably throughout my whole life. And I was guilty of it. So, you know, it's, 
listen, it's an everyday thing. I, my wife and I tell people this all the time. It isn't easy and you have to work at it every day. And the, even if you decide, I notice now like 50, even if we go on like a couple day vacation and maybe have a cheat day here or there, right? We laugh about it now. It's like, oh, you can tell right away. So I can only imagine if we had like a cheat month, right? What that would end up doing, you know? So yeah, that's not- gonna- those, are, those are holes that are hard to climb out of, you know, when you get, I mean, because what you're describing earlier is and with your habits is getting a sound routine. So you kind of take the thinking out of it, right? Like even with your personal trainer, you know, if you've got to come up with your workout to go work out three days a week or more, that's a deterrent, right? Because now you got to stop and go, what am I going to do this week? Or what's that? And yeah. if you don't have that routine or uh, delegate or supplement that with someone giving you the routine that you all you've got to do is execute. Um, those things are just little hurdles that challenge you. And then when you fall off, you know, it's, it's sometimes, you know, the longer you're off the horse, the harder it is to climb back and get back on, you know, it's like, hundred hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I'm just thankful that we have, um, I'm thankful now for where we're at. I'm thankful for, you know, guys like my trainer, you know, I I'm thankful that we have this kind of these habits in place and we're all each other support system now, you know, and like, you know, the other thing with the trainer is for me, he kind of knows how I'm wired. Right. And he just knows like he'll challenge me probably way harder than I'll ever challenge myself. And I think that's mm-hmm. just human nature. Um, but, you know, I go in, you know, I, I pride myself ever since I've been going to him is that there hasn't been one workout yet that he's made me cry uncle that I've quit on. I may have been laying out on the floor when it was over, but I've never, I've never quit and I've never refused to do. And he's told me that he has people that pay him and they'll say, yeah, I don't like that one. Can I do something else? I'm what do you mean? Like I, you're the expert. You tell me what to do and I'll go do it. Right. You know, I, whatever it is, you know, I mean, there was one day he had me out in the parking lot. He decided on, um, we did truck pulls. And I, at the end, I'm like, oh, that was great. You know? And he says, yeah. He goes, you know why we did that? He said, I wanted you to see what you're capable of and where you were and where you are. He said, you know, look, he goes, you may get to a point now. He goes, I'll be honest. I shouldn't say this. He goes, you may not even need me at, you know, moving forward. And I'm and literally now stop. I, I don't want to do what you said. I'm not making workouts. I'm not doing that, you know, but it's just, it's amazing to just think back now where I was. And, you know, the other thing I tell people is I, you know, we, I mentioned fat shaming. I was fat ashamed. I was look I look back now I was ashamed of that guy and not as much for the look. I was ashamed of that guy for being a father and a husband that that guy didn't care enough about the people in his life to be better. I only cared about myself and I cared about being comfortable and that I was ashamed about, right? So part of this whole thing was I had to forgive myself and I had to look forward, right? I will keep that guy in the mirror to keep me honest, but yeah, I, I was ashamed and I'll say it to anybody. I was ashamed and I need, I, I can't believe, you know, I could have, yeah, honestly, I could have died. 
I could have left my wife without a husband and my kids is without a father. Right. And you know what? It was because I enjoyed eating cookies. Are you kidding me? Like you probably see, I get fired up now when I even think about it. Like, why was I so naive and so damn stupid? And biggest word, selfish. I think sometimes when we let ourselves go and we don't pay attention to our own health and our own self-care, we think we're we think we're helping others by allowing ourselves, oh, I don't have time. I need to do this. I know that, right? It's not. We're being selfish. We need to make ourselves as best we can so that we can give the most that we can to others. Yeah. Um, we talked about, you know, earlier about, you know, the the importance of the truth of the matter, right? Like being honest with yourself and being able to count on the people that care about you to speak to you honestly as well, because, you know, I feel like, you know, excuses are just there. They are, they're low hanging fruit, man. Like you're, you're mentioning your age earlier or, you know, mm -hmm. just so much. There's, there's, there's so many excuses that people just rattle off that are just right there. Whenever they're challenged to do better, you know, and stop being so selfish with their health or I'll, I'll use the word lazy. Like, you know, you're in, and, and I'm going to use the word lazy as this, right? Like, you don't have the courage to break out of your comfort zone, right? People are there and their laziness is actually a lack of courage to go, go be, the, go be the fat guy or girl in the gym for six months. Yeah. You're gonna have to do that. Yeah. Sorry, but that's what it's going to take. And, but, but that's the courage factor in all this too, where, where there, there is the, the shame piece and, and, you know, or the fear of the process and putting in the effort or whatever. And some people just, you know, just roll over with it or, Oh, it's my back. Oh, it's my knees. Oh, it's the, you know, it's just all these excuses. Oh, I've, I've, I just, I've got a one-year-old. Like, man, no, that's just the stuff that you're using to convince yourself that it's okay to be in this condition. And, and, and I don't come from a place of like, and maybe you do because of your journey and you're speaking out against it in a way. Like I, I try to position myself, not from, I say all that, not from a position of judgment, but just, so it's heard, you know, like maybe someone in someone's life isn't saying those things like, no, man, those are just like you mentioned Jocko, like where I heard this first, like those are just the lies that you're telling yourself, right? Like all those excuses, all those excuses are just the lies that you're telling yourself to stay in the same spot that you are. Yeah. And listen, I, I again, I'm not I, I don't say anything I say from a position of trying to be critical of anyone else. Right. I am saying it from the position of being hypercritical of my own self and where I got myself to in the hopes that somebody may hear that or see this or see my podcast and say, you know what? I need to at least listen. They might not decide to go full bore and make the changes. Right. But at the very least, I hope, I hope I'm, I hope my story makes you uncomfortable. I hope it challenges you a little bit. I hope that now all your excuses I can rattle off all mine, my age, my herniated discs, all of it, right? My schedule, all of it. They, I, I said them all. And you know what? I'm sure a lot of people say them all too, but you know what? I'm here to tell you if you really want to, you can make the changes that are necessary. You just have to start. Yeah. And I guess that said, like, what are some of the changes you had to make? You mentioned earlier stop eating out all the time. Sound like you're more strategic with your food planning and, and possibly prep. Like what, but what are the things that, what had to change for you to, to start seeing the impact? So one of the big things that has actually helped me a lot, I definitely 
got a nighttime routine now. Try to cut Meaning the TV. What? Try to cut the TV off sooner, right? Try to get to bed earlier so that I can get up earlier, right? And I've noticed now, like, I'm probably about 5.15, 5.30. And I can get a lot of my work, emails, things like that, right? I get that done. I'll usually work out three days a week with the trainer, probably around 8.30, right? So I've now given myself to have time to get up. I, I start to function. I get loose. I start to take care of things that I know will be on my mind, those things that may be excuses as to not work out, right? Mm-hmm. Now I've, to- I've taken care of those things, right? Gotten those done. Now I have time to go do the workout, right? I do the workout. I come home. I try now. The other thing is I used to be real big on, and this everybody's different with this. I was a really big on as soon as I woke up in the morning, I could not wait to eat something pretty big for breakfast, right? I'm now, I really, in the morning now, I get up, drink a lot more water throughout the day. But first thing in the morning, I'm drinking water to kind of get my metabolism going. Um, I also now supplement with uh, athletic greens. I, every morning, first thing besides the water, that's the first thing that I put into my into my body, right? Mm. And on days where I know I'm working out kind of harder, I may have a banana or something, right? But I've done that. I've actually now tried to create a window for when I allow myself to eat. And I'm finding that I am getting the benefits of almost, not that I'm using intermittent fasting, so to speak, but based on the way I eat, trying to be done eating by six, seven at the latest, and then not really eating anything again till maybe 11 the next day, I'm getting all those benefits too. And honestly, it's it's crazy. Like we've all been raised. I'm sure looking at you, you probably the same way, right? Three meals a day. We, then we were at the three meals, two snacks, three snacks, like all this food, right? And then I started to just kind of think about it as a common sense approach. Listen, I don't think, I don't think our bodies were made to be in a constant state of digestion, right? I now try to eat smaller portions and less meals because look, losing weight, there's a lot of people with the fad diets and things like that. Listen, it's not rocket science. It's, it's calories in calories out. That's ultimately how you lose weight, like calorie deficit, right? People think, Oh, I eat this. No, it's calorie deficit, but you need to be smart about it. Right. And you need to make sure that you're getting quality calories. I really pay attention now now to my quality of calories. Right. Um, and I just, I, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago where I was talking to a guy and you know what, as much as I've been doing better, I figured out talking to him, my protein level was too low what I was taking in. Right. So making those adjustments, but being more strategic about how much I eat, when I eat, making sure when we go to the supermarket, we get the correct foods in the house and, you know, right on the refrigerator, my wife has it. We sit down, we have, we're going to have this meal this night, right? Having that meal plan, that structure, knowing what we're having that night, it, it just, it's the world of difference. But I think it all starts, believe it or not, is that whole nighttime routine, trying to shut, get off the phone earlier, you know, shut the TV off earlier, try to maybe read, get your mind to wind down, but get that, try to get six to seven hours of quality sleep that will allow me to wake up, get my day started at an early time. Because before, you know, especially with working from home, I mean, I technically didn't start work till 9am right now. 
I'd sleep till I go to bed two in the morning, wake up at eight 30, you know, and it just, this whole routine is just better. So I would say it habit, right. It's a routine. Get yourself into a healthy routine and really start to examine what you're putting into your body. Like I do try to do that too, as dumb as it sounds right to some people, if I'm going to take something to eat, is, is this a benefit to me or is it just because it's going to taste good? Right. And listen, I still do that. I won't lie. Like I would be lying to you if I said I don't have snacks now and then I still do. Right. But listen, I'm not that guy though. I know when I have a snack, it's because, Oh, that looks delicious. I want to, I want to taste it. You know what I mean? It's not, I know it did my body no good. If anything, it was probably detrimental. And, and listen, I'm a huge proponent of, and I say to everybody, I black coffee, black coffee in the morning is, I do two cups in the morning and I'll tell you, I, I was not a coffee drinker really until believe it or not, 47 when I started this. No kidding. Yeah. I never what was drink. it. What was it? Soda? You got caffeine via soda basically. Oh God, Dale diet soda. Please don't even get me started on that. I, <laughs> I look back now at how much diet soda I used to buy and drink. And now even thinking about the taste of that and what it used to do. Oh, yeah, but that was that was my caffeine fix. But now I'm strictly um, black coffee in the morning. Um, you know, I don't buy it out at the Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. I make it myself, right. black coffee. And uh, that's how I kick off my day. Water, the greens, black coffee, emails, go work out, come home, get back to business. Hey guys, Dale here, and I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guy community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique, like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against, and it's pretty demanding. The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lions Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet, but exceed those demands on you. And in doing so, find your joy again. If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguide.com and sign up to join the pride. The Pride is the Lions Guide community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut. Break into your next level and join me on lionsguide.com and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the pride today. Now back to the show. So the work from home. So that's interesting. I mean, uh, you know, even when I work with my clients and we talk, get to a point where we're talking about increasing their energy levels and the opportunities such you say, work out, eat better and all those things. Oftentimes I hear people go, well, yeah, I'll start working out after work. And I'll go, well, let's see how that works for the next two weeks. And then, uh, We'll go from there because, you know, what I found and it's uh, it's probably batting a thousand across the board is most people, when they put something like that at the end of the day or after the workday, there's always something that prevents you from doing it. So 
you know, to have true success and commitment there, you almost have to have it in the beginning of the day before it can get taken from you, let's say. Um, I find it interesting that you do get up and get your, um, you know, most important objectives sounds like of work done first. So you can kind of check those boxes and then go work out with a fresh head. I think that's awesome, you know, because, you know, typically I hear people say, hey, I get up. The first thing I do is go, you know, work out and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, it sounds like you're going, hey, well, I'm going to get my head clear, you know, stuff that's going to be nagging me. And then I can go focus on my workout. Is that is that it? Yeah, that's it. And you know, the other thing too, if I'm being quite honest, I, you know, I tell people all the time, me at least, right. Working out in the morning, like why waste that dopamine effect? Like, honestly, like you work out later in the evening, right? Now you get yourself kind of wired, you're feeling great, right? But you're almost ready to turn in and go to bed, right? Like, I like to go work out early because it, it I feel great when I'm done, right? You know, like that, listen, that first 30 minutes after I'm like, oh God, but then it kicks in, right? I feel great. Then I'll start with maybe some, some eggs or something, maybe like, you know what I mean? Then I start to put some stuff into my body, but I have a clear head beyond a clear head. I feel good. I know I've done something that was good for me that day, but I think people really underestimate the impact of the dopamine and what it can do for your whole day. Oh yeah. I, I'll tell you that for me, as an example, uh, a day I don't work out like a rest day, I have less energy than the days that I do work out probably for that reason. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, you know, again, habits, routine, uh, you know, and it's again, things that people don't like, right. People don't like to get up early generally. Like I actually do enjoy getting up early. Like I have my dogs take care of them. I'll sit out on the deck, you know what I mean? Do some, do some work. And like, I just, I don't know. I, and I feel like at days, if I do sleep in a little bit, right. I just feel like, I don't know, kicking my day off at eight o'clock in the morning. It feels like I missed half the day, right? I'm, I'm that guy now where by 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I'm like, yeah, my day is like, I'm, I'm full bore lunch. It's afternoon for me now, right? Like I'm like feeling that way. So yeah, but that's, that's been my, my, it's working for me. Obviously people need to adjust and do what they can, but you know, it's, it, it takes away that other excuse too of time, right? You can cut some time out at night, get to bed a little sooner so you can get up a little sooner and you'll find that time, that window you need. Yeah, and I've learned, um, I don't know what if you do like the Apple Watch or something, Samsung, but I recently got into the Whoop thing mm -hmm. um, that's kind of keeping a ton of data on how things are going. But what I like about it, I've learned, is like it gives you a ton of like instructional, like educational and and really like, so I've learned the importance of, you know, the consistency of when you're going to bed and getting up. So because, and it makes sense, like basically the layman version of it that I'm coming to understand though um, was that like, if you're going to bed, getting up at the same time every day, your body's going to build a rhythm around that. But if you're, mm -hmm. you know, nine o'clock at night and then 11 o'clock tomorrow night, then back to nine o'clock and then midnight and then, and you're getting up while times like your body's, it's, it's like jet lag. You're living in jet lag. I, I mean, that's what jet lag is. You're, you've thrown your circadian rhythm off by two to three hours. And such, you're such doing that point. to yourself if you're, you know, not finding some consistent sleep time. Yeah. Such a good point, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's been my, that's been my thing, Dell. you know, it's working. It's God willing. It keeps working. I'm willing, I'm going to keep working at it. You know, I know I can't turn back now. So, you know. Yeah, no, I love it. And it's awesome. Is, is, uh, any like big factors that you think, because, you know, would you agree that diet's probably the most important 
part of it, right? You can't go start going to work out three to five days a week and just think it's going to change. It, I feel like it starts with the diet. It, it has to be based off that. And the workouts are an accelerant, right? So once you start eating the right things, giving your body, like you said, less, but more, meaning less intake, but more quality, um, your body will start to clean itself out and get rid of the junk and, and like they couple that with some good sleep with for recovery and all that stuff. And then you start working out on top of that. That's then just an accelerate that just starts burning the calories that you don't need off of you. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I you know, and I, and I know for me, like what I'm trying to do now, especially with my podcast, right? I, I definitely am more probably geared towards that little bit of an older crowd, right? 40, 50, 60, right? So me being 50. Listen, I'm under no illusion that I can go out and eat a whole pizza. And regardless of how much I work out, that pizza will be with me for at least a week and a half. Right. It's just it's it's a natural thing at this point. Right. It's just something that I've learned to accept. Right. I'm not I'm not 25. I'm not 30. Right. I'm 50 years old and it's part of it. But that's OK. Right. It is OK. So like you you have to adjust and like you can't. You know, I feel like my wife runs into this a lot. The biggest stop when people start to have a conversation with her, where it stops most of the time is when she says, yeah, I stopped drinking soda. I stopped eating out. Non-starter. Oh, I can't give up my soda or I can't give up my alcohol. Right. They, they, they're, it's right away. It's the things they don't want to do without, you know, and Listen, that's okay, but there's always, you know, I, I I see things that you do online. I know you'll agree with this. You can make any decision in the world you want, but don't ever be confused that every decision you make, no matter how minor, there won't be a consequence, whether it's positive or negative. And, and that's just it. So, you know, a lot of people, though, unfortunately, one thing I will say that I was always pretty good at, and so was my wife, I knew that anything that I felt, I knew 100% that the way I was eating and my habits I knew that they were wrong. I I never sat there and went, oh, it's that McDonald's commercial is the reason I'm heavy. No, I'm the reason I'm heavy, right? Like, so I was always good at that, at least. And my wife's always been good at that. But like, I do run into people and we talk to people that it's, yeah, you know, um, oh, all these commercials, you know, oh, it's so good. Like, I can't give this up. You know, um, my trainer said this before. He said, you know, what's amazing. He said, is that, Everyone knows the answer for the test, but they still choose to put the wrong answer in. Mm -hmm. He said that would be like being in class and they say the teacher says the answer to this question is this. And then somebody goes and does this. Right. You just it's a lot of it is common sense stuff, you know, and that's kind of I would say if I had to sum it up, I've come at it now from a perspective of just common sense. I don't have any any real tricks or any fads or any type of particular diet, right? It's that I try to work out. I've tried to maintain healthy habits and I try to do them consistently and that's it. And, and that's as simple as it needs to be, right? Like everyone's chasing like this, this magic bullet. And it's really not, man. Like you said, you've got all the answers and you've got all the wrong answers. And like you said, you're using them instead of what you should be doing. And you may or may not know it. Some people don't know, right? So I think some people are, you know, that that uh, analogy where it's like the old fish swims by the two young fish and goes, hey, boys, how's the water today? And they, they look at each other after he swims away and they go, what's water? And I think like 
there is a bit of consumerism that people kind of don't know any better. They just think that's the way it is. And, and look, when you're surrounded by a lot of overweight people and you look like them and you're all eating the same stuff and whatever, like you, maybe you don't, you are the, the two fish in the water and don't realize it. Um, cause I, there is that, but, but that's yeah. where it comes to the discipline comes to your awareness and, you know, making your own priorities and deciding for yourself, not what the commercial showed you or what your friends are doing or whatever, whatever, the, whatever the case may be. Once you start to kind of pick your head up out of that world a bit. Um, and again, I'm not making an excuse for those people, um, that, that don't realize it, but they're, man, we were just sold too constantly. I mean, we're. We are sold sugar water constantly, just with mm-hmm. a thousand different labels on the bottle. Yeah, no, hundred, hundred percent. And you know, I'll say this too: when it comes to the diet, the exercise, you know, everybody looking for the magic bullet, so to speak, right? Listen, I common sense. You can call it a magic bullet. You can call it a bullet. It's still a bullet. And guess what? Eventually, if it hits you, it's going to kill you. So you need to. You need to stop. Stop searching for the easy way. Just just put the effort in. And, you know, if that starts with five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, just start to put the effort in. Do a little bit of moving. Clean up your diet. And really, you're going to feel better. Like, like, that's the other thing I can just say to everybody. You will feel better. And you will do things that you never dreamed you could probably do. Or at least you, you'll be doing things that maybe you did when you were younger or in a better spot in your life you know so was there any uh cutouts for you i mean you mentioned alcohol uh sugar alcohol anything like that that you're like you know i'm done with that altogether. so good for me was this i wasn't really a drinker i didn't i really wasn't into alcohol i never smoked right i never was on any type of drugs recreational nothing like that so (laughs) crazy part is i was a pretty clean dude right as far as like you know no alcohol no drugs no cigarettes right but here I was still 267 pounds, right? So what I had to really cut out was sugar. Sugar was a killer for me. Once I started to take that sugar out and then I'll call it the sugar like substances, like the diet drinks, the aspartame, the, all that stuff that once I started to go more water, tea, coffee, those were the things that really got me going better. Like, I mean, listen, I'm not really even a fan now. Like I used to, you know, I used to think drinking a thing, orange, like I, I try to even steer clear of that kind of stuff, you know, cause as you do this, right. If you're willing, you're going to learn a lot too. Right. And like, I know doing some research, I found out like every, you know, the further away from the source format, it's original format fruit is right. Like an orange, like, you know, processed, all that kind of stuff, like even orange juice, right? It, it turns out it's not that, it's not that great for you. So like, yeah, I'm, I really try to keep my, you know, the sugar down to a minimum. And, you know, I would say I really, I eat way more greens than I ever ate. I try mm-hmm. to each of my meals. I like to have a good source of protein. And when I say protein, again, I keep it simple, right? It's either chicken, salmon, steak, Right. That kind of stuff. That's decent part of my plate. And then, you know, it's, you know, we're big on broccoli in here and salad, right? Broccoli salad. And then we will, we'll fill in the rest of the plate with a little bit of rice, brown rice, things like that. But if I look at that plate and the majority of that plate is the protein and the greens, 
I know that I made a good decision that night and uh, I'll feel better next day for it. Yeah. And, and, and it's that simple. Like, you, you know what whole foods are, you know what good foods are, you eat them. <laughs> uh, I, you know, yeah. And I'll, I'll kind of second what you're saying about sugar. Like when, when I talk to people on this topic, if they're just kind of looking for some basics, I look at, I'm not going to give you like the whole big roadmap, but I tell you what, if you cut out sugar and alcohol and look at your body in three weeks, you're going to see a difference. Hard uh, stop. I mean, just, it's, it's, uh, and, and look, and just for me and anyone who's kind of like in that world or interested, like, like I'm a no sugar guy. Um, I, cause it's the addictive nature, like to your point, man, I could go dust a box of Oreos off like no tomorrow. And I walk around 155 pounds. I'm not a, I'm not a big dude, but I could, I can eat. But, um, so what I've done as far as like avoidance of sugar, I do look at the labels on everything I can. And I'll, I'll say if the, uh, serving is 10 or 10 or more grams of added sugar in it, I'll avoid it. You know, I'm just, I'm just that simple. I'll just say if it's less than 10 grams of sugar per serving. Um, but I, I still, I still look for the added sugar. Added sugar is really the thing that for me, at least to look out for like anything that's got like a ton of added sugar. And, and look, start looking at it. Like if you look at the, even like well, sodas is the easy one, but if you look at the Gatorades and the Powerades and all the yeah, other, you know, the, the stuff you think is good for you is like, oh yeah, I'm not drinking soda. I'm drinking Gatorade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at, look at that freaking bottle. That bottle is not one serving. It's two. And it's got like 40 grams of sugar per serving. Like once you, you know, so for me, I started looking at that, but I'm with you, man. I drink, I drink water and black coffee all day. Um, yeah. I've, re I've recently, I don't, I'm a non-drinker as well for the same reasons. Not that I was trying to lose weight, but I'm trying to be my most effective. And I know like alcohol, like it, it drags me down. And so I've been drinking, um, uh, athletic brew, um, which is like a brewed beer, um, but it's NA and it tastes great, you know, so I get to break it up, you know, um, yeah. but it's, it's that simple, cut out sugar and alcohol and watch what happens. Yeah, no, it's definitely been, it's been, it's, it's working for me. And, you know, like I said, it gets me to the point where mental, it's met more mental clarity too. And like, you know, I look now at, listen, I was never that guy. Like the fact now that, you know, I'm even sitting here speaking with you on a podcast, right. Or, having my own podcast, right? Like that's stuff that I, I've never seen myself doing anything like this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd say now it's just, it's, it's a combination of being feeling physically better, but mentally having mental clarity. And then honestly, the biggest point is like, I really am hoping that, and my wife too, like I'm hoping that by the podcast, just putting our story out there, you know, maybe this helps a few people. Right. And yeah. that's, that's why I started the podcast in January. I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I, I literally had my computer and that was it. I'm like, let's see how this goes. Right. And here we are. Now I get today to be on with a great guy like you. Right. Like I never <laughs> pictured myself doing any of this. And I know? guess, you know, to, to kind of transition to that, what, what was it? What was the point of the podcast? What inspired it? You know, tell, tell me a little bit about that story. I, I just, I thought I had a story. I thought I was relatable, right? From this perspective, I thought that I, I, you know, I talk a lot about, there's a lot of good, like self help people out there, like the gurus, right? Like you probably mean, right? The Tony Robbins, Jocko, David Goggins, right? Like I, 
I look to them all the time and they, they motivate the hell out of me sometimes. Right. But I have this thing that I tell people, don't, don't be guilty of outsourcing your motivation, right? Mm -hmm. You, you may need those people to give you that extra boost and it's great and they're fantastic, but ultimately you really need to look for your why and seeing a lot of times what those people do, you may be motivated for 10, 15 minutes, but let's be honest. I don't know how, how many people watch David Goggins. They may get motivated in spirit, but you know as well as I do, right? How many people are going to be able to do what that man is doing, right? Not a lot, right? So it, it's, it starts with the video you watch or the book you read, and it ends pretty pretty soon after, right? I, I'm going to say, like, we talked earlier about the, the – we talked about the bottom – and not in all the excuses to not get off the bottom as you get to tiers of this. So like a David Goggins um, or a Cameron Haynes and these guys yeah. that run 20 miles a day. Um, it's funny because it, I hear like different tiers of like someone who won't get off the couch that we we're talking about earlier, just going to go in the gym five days a week. Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy to go to the gym five days a week, but you're doing it. And then you, you look at like a Goggins ago, that guy's running 20 miles a day, five days a week. That's crazy, right? It's not, it's not. And, and yeah, it's, I, I love what you're saying. It's like that you've got to find your why. And sometimes um, these personas that are out there and what I honor about what you're doing is what I've said is we need more soldiers in the good fight. They're fighting a good fight and they've got a hell of a story that's mm -hmm. really extreme. Um, yep that inspires you um but you don't want to seem like they could seem so far untouchable yes and and i love what you're saying is that you're just the common dude that that was in the same common place of a lot of people um so sorry i cut you off but it's no no that's fine i agree with you like there definitely is tears right and i'm not at that tier like i'm not cam haynes or goggins right i love listening i read i just finished cam haynes book I read Goggins book. Right. I, 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 I enjoy all those guys. Right. But listen, at the end of the day, I know I'm not at that point where I'm capable of achieving what they're doing. It's something to strive for. Right. But I know that there's, and I've come a long way. Right. But I'm still not at that point where I'm, I can do that stuff. Right. So now I look back at like where I was and I think about the people that are where I was and I say, you know what? I'm a little more of an attainable target that you could look to and maybe get going, right? Hopefully you'll surpass me. Hopefully you'll be doing what David Goggins does and Cam Haynes does, right? Fantastic. But you know what? You can look at me and know this. I come from where you are. I had the pretty much the same issues, the same problems, the same struggles. And you know what? Ultimately, I've attacked it with a common sense approach. And I am legitimately like, I don't make money off of this, right? I'm just looking to help people. I hope, and and I enjoy, now I enjoy talking to people like you, people that I interview on my show, right? And if we can, you know, I, I'm starting finally now to get some emails from people that will say, hey, it helped, right? And that to me is the ultimate reward. So when I, when I did an interview a couple of weeks ago with a gentleman named Ian Hill, he, he was an innovator. He had a lot of great stuff going on. He was contemplating suicide, right? Came out one day, 
I don't want to live anymore. So he's been through this struggle, this mental, mental health struggle, this battle. So comes to the point now where to raise awareness, he is actually training at 57 years old to be the oldest man to play NCAA Division I college football. He's doing this right now. He's training. He has a tryout, I believe it's next week, with Northern Alabama, right? So I interview him, and we hit it off. Similar to, you know, you and I, we're having a great conversation afterwards. He goes, you know, I like what you're doing. I have this thing that I'm trying to do called NGBN TV, National Grassroots Broadcasting Network Television. It's geared towards older men, 40s, 50s, and 60s, right? I think you'd be great to really, we give you this platform, become a part of it, start to get more eyes on you. And eventually we're trying to take this to where it's going to be available on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire. So I say, you know, listen, I'm in. Like, let's let's do it. And he has a thing, you know, he talks to me all the time about this. He'll say things like, how big do you want to make this? And I'm always, I'm like, listen, I just, I want to help people, right? He goes, I know, but how big do you want to make it? So he finally said something to me a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know what the number, how big you want to make it should be? I said, what? He said, one. He said, if you help one, that number is the biggest number you can accomplish. And then it's the next one. And then the one after that. He said, so keep thinking of what you're doing and your intentions. You know, so I say to him is that, listen, as long as I'm doing this from a perspective of my intentions are pure, I'm not trying to write a book, I'm not trying to make money, right? I'll have success because you know what? I am trying to be real and I want people to understand that, right? I don't want people to think I'm out here trying to gain any like anything monetary, right? Like at the end of the day, I enjoy interacting with people. I enjoy getting feedback and emails, you know, and I love hearing people's stories and I want to hear how, you know, hopefully it impacted them, right? You know, listen, I'm not immune to it. I get, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got somebody, the whole, how are you qualified to run a podcast, right? Um, I, you know, I, I, so I'm usually not like this, but here's how I respond. My, my podcast is The Bear Essentials. So my response was purely this. I said, hey, this probably is appropriate considering my podcast, The Bear Essentials. I said, does a bear shit in the woods? I said, you know why? Because he can. And that's why I'm doing this podcast, because I can. <laughs> Is it so, was it someone that you knew asked you that question or a random? Somebody that I went to school with years ago, and I haven't heard from that person before or since. Yeah, sure. So, so there you go. Yeah, but that's the deal with, you know, with my podcast. You know, it's called The Bear Essentials. Again, my kids call me Bear. So what a great idea that was, right? We're called The Bear Essentials. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. And like I said, we, we need more soldiers in the good fight talking this type of talk because it, it does um show like you said back to leadership you know influence and leadership have a lot of common traits and leadership we're in charge of the people uh influence maybe we're not in charge of them but we're, we're we're having an influence on them and and i think that's the point is that you know the world is starving for leadership um and positive influence and the more we can step out there and go look man uh it doesn't have to be that way you don't have to you know and just again set the example to help people and, and just it, it's almost like they're chained or maybe they've chained themselves and you're kind of just tossing them the key man and going hey you can get yourself out of this 
Yeah, that's it. That's it. And that's why I, I like, listen, and honestly, man, I really enjoy like your LinkedIn, right? I love every day. Like I go on there, I'll see what you put up there. And I think it's stuff like that, right? I, I looked at people like you, others up there on LinkedIn. And, you know, I've actually worked a lot on that now too, right? Like I'm trying to put some decent, valuable content up there on a daily basis. You know, I try, you know, I'm at the point now where I, my podcast is every Wednesday, I put an episode out, right? And I, I'm trying to get guests in all different areas. Though we'll talk about health and fitness, obviously, mindset. Uh, I enjoy the comeback stories. You know, um, I listen. I'm not naive either, right? I know in order to help people, and I think you would agree with this, you have to be somewhat interesting too, right? So it can't just be always a guy who's lost weight or knows this or knows that, right? Like there are times where you have to shoot for maybe a bigger name guest to kind of get you some credibility. And, you know, that was when I got to the point where I reached out to um, Tony Horton, P90X. Mm. And I reached out to his people. And, and I don't know about you, but I, what I got back and I get this a lot, depending on how big the person is, what's your downloads, how many viewers, right? right? That's what you get. So, this woman, his publicist responded with, well, what's your downloads, what your viewers? So I said at that point, I went, you know what? I'm not even going to BS. I respond. I said, hey, um, I, I don't have the numbers that warrant Tony coming on my show. I said, but here's my story. Here's what I'm trying to do. I said, I think he'd be a great guest. And be quite frank, I have a someday list, meaning there's a bunch of people that someday I, I'm going to interview. So Tony's on that list sent the email. Two days later, to my shock, I got a response that said, Tony's in. I'm like, oh, okay, Tony's in. And they said, he'll give you 90 minutes. Here's two days he can do. Literally, and in my mind, I'm thinking, God, like you could have told me to set up right then and there. I would have, I would have done it. You know what I mean? Right. And like, so it's, it's things like that, you know, getting a guy like that every now and then to participate, you know, it, it helps to add to maybe a credibility factor, you know, yeah. and, you know, and amazing with Tony was that I don't even think he meant to, the camera was still rolling and during, you know, during the show, he just gave me a like whole, like, yeah, we sussed you out. Turned out you're a good guy. So we decided we would do this. So I'm like, in my mind right there, I'm like, man, I am going to cut that part out. That might end up being in my, my bio, you know, moving, <laughs> moving forward, you know? So, so yeah, it's, it's trying to just look to get different types of guests. You know, I, I don't listen. I'm not a judge of anybody. Right. I, I have a guy coming up in, a, in an upcoming episode. He actually did 20 years in prison, you know, and you know what? not here to judge him or who he is or what he did. Right. It's an interesting story, but I can tell you what he's doing now is motivational as hell, mm. you know, and you're, I know I'm going to get people to go, why would you have a guy like maybe, why would you have a guy like that on? You know, I'll tell you why, because guess what, who are you or I to judge anywhere that that person's been or what that person's done. Right. right. And you know what? Yeah. Maybe that person, like all of us may have committed something wrong in the past. And then there's levels to that. I get that. But you know what? Do we, I think sometimes we're all guilty of holding somebody's past against, against them to such a degree, it prevents them from doing any good in the future and impacting others in a good way, right? So like, 
you want to hold something against somebody that may have impacted one or two. And don't get me wrong. I know that's wrong. I get that. Right. But now person has a potential to impact in a positive way, thousands of people. Yeah. So like, I look at it like for guys like you and me, we have a vehicle here that we can give people an opportunity. Like I love talking to vets, right? I love having the vets on like this week's episode for me is a guy, um, combat veteran. You may know Greg Fisher runs burn pit barbecue. He's on this Wednesday, former Marine. You know, I love having guys like that on. Uh, I got Oakland McCullough, retired Lieutenant Colonel in the U S army. He's coming up. So like, I love giving the military people a chance to tell their story, promote their brands, things like that, because I, I feel indebted to those people, um, police, things like that. And, you know, I, I, I know Ian, I know Ian's very big on, you know, getting into like really that audience and the micro. And I, and I, and I know that I know I'll never be Joe Rogan and I know only Joe Rogan can be Joe Rogan, but I just can't help myself sometimes. Like I see interesting people and I go, damn, I want to get that person on the show, you know? And I send the email. And then I, every now and then I get a response, you know, um, I'm waiting on, this is a funny story. Uh, Tim Kennedy, the guy, yeah. Star, Scars and Stripes, sent him an email a few months back. And I was in the car one day picking my daughter up from school and my email pinged. And I saw when, it, you know how it pings and you can see who it is. You know, this has now been weeks after I emailed him. Right. And I see his name pop up. I'm like, huh? I read it. He goes, Hey, Sorry, it's taken so long. And I think he was maybe in the process of being over helping with the whole Afghanistan thing. Right. Like whatever. He's like, hey, I've been kind of busy. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah, you probably have been. But with the book and all that, he goes, I checked out a few episodes. You know what? Let's regroup in the fall. I'd like to do it. Right. So a guy like him. um, But I'll say this as far as the podcast goes, my proudest podcast and I loved having Tony Horton on, but my proudest podcast was absolutely uh, Mark Ormrod, former British Royal Marine uh, and Britain's first triple amputee since World War II. Mm-hmm. He knelt on an IED, took off both arms and a leg. And, you know, he tells the story and I forget I'm even doing a podcast. I just the the intensity and the fact that he gets to the point in the story and he goes, no, I could think about we're in a firefight and I got to help my team. And, you know, he actually crashed on the helicopter, Dale. He, he died on the helicopter. And the only reason they realized he was alive, they had an oxygen mask on him and it fogged up. Mm. And the week before somebody passed a thing over in the UK that they could do this new technique where he had no veins because of his legs, arm. So they actually had to hit him in the hip with it. So they hit him with the needle twice in the hip, finally brings him back. Hmm. And then he gets into his story of now he wakes up, a man that was 6'3". Now he has no legs, one arm's missing. And the doctor tells him, like, yeah, this is it for you, you know? But then it's hear his story, how he rises above it, competes in the Invictus Games and wins gold medals. Like, I look at that guy, right, and I go, damn, like, I can't sit here and complain about anything, right, Dale? I look at him and I go, and that's 
I say it to this day, my proudest moment, my proudest episode, that man to me is a hero. And, you know, I don't even think he realizes how much he inspires people. And I just, I get emotional even talking about him now because he is just, to me, he's that guy. Like he actually now to me, he's my Jocko, my David Goggins, right? I look at him and I go, man, I can't, I can't get any more motivated than when I think of that guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it's because it, you're right. It, all the physical attributes aside or physical achievements aside, it all comes down to that mindset piece, you know, to his, to the point, right? He's, he's given his circumstance. He's right at the same bar and it's all, it's all right. Yeah. Here. It's all, it's all yeah. his, his will to do so. Yeah. And it, it's guys like that, but it is, it's guys like, you know, like, listen, you, me, right. Our, our, like we said earlier, like our podcast may not be the biggest thing, but honestly, it's like guys like you, other guys with podcasts that I look at and I see what they're doing. Like, I'll give you an example. When you sent me that document the other day for your podcast, right. I was blown away and I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm just telling you right now, I'm stealing some of it because I am, was not, I wasn't even close to doing anything like this. Right. I'm like, Oh my God, look what I can learn from Dale and make myself better. Right. So like, I feel like even like for you, like what you're doing, it, it is, it's impacting people. And I, it's, that's what it's about. If you can impact someone, if I can impact someone together, we can impact a bunch of people. Right. And, you know, it's hell, there's so much negativity in this world right now, as you know, like we, we don't need it anymore. Like I'm done with the negativity. Like, honestly, I am done with the negativity and it, moving forward. It's easy to be negative. It's harder to be positive, but the outcome of being positive is way better. So that's what I'm living by now, Dale. No, I love it. And I appreciate you for doing it. I mean, again, I can, I obviously, you know, having been on a similar journey, I relate to it a lot, but, but it's just, I, I say to you, man, welcome to the good fight because we need it. Like, you know, because you could have started, you know, maybe you did, you know, I know I was in the beginning at a point because, you know, I wanted to start this podcast in 2018. Um, and for various reasons I hadn't. And then in 20. 21, I guess, yeah, I'm a year into this. Um, I I just pulled the mic that I had bought three years prior out and hooked it up and started putting it together um, because there was this, like, uh, there's so many podcasts out there. Why would I do a podcast? There's a ton of great ones out there. I'm just going to say the same things that they're saying on Rogan or Jocko or whatever anyway, because that's the stuff that interests me or has inspired me or whatever. And I said, well, wait a minute. We need more soldiers in a good fight. We need more people out there talking about these things because regardless like you said it's about it's about impacting someone not so many right yeah. so you know you hit if you can hit that one person which i know you have man and that's that's it i mean and that's that the goal it. that's the goal just continue doing it right and listen i do love it i'm not gonna lie i like listen i was when you invited me to come on your show like this is before I started my podcast, I did it one podcast with a, a guy from my area named Aaron Nobles, who's I've had him on my show too. great guy, life coach. And he kind of said, you know, you really should you really might want to consider it. Right. So I just when you reached out and asked me to do this, it excited me. I'm like, hell, I would love to be on the other side of it. Right. Because I'm I'm always so focused on my podcast. I want to be that really good listener. And when it's my podcast, it's not about me at all, right? Like people ain't tuning in to hear about me, right? So like I thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk about myself a little bit. And hopefully people see this, whether they do or they don't, come check out my podcast. I don't care. 
the end of the day, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, and, you know, it'll get one. It may get another. It'll get another. It'll get another. And I look by, you know, at the end of it all, if I can look back and say I stayed true to my intent and that was to help people, I'm good. Once it turns into anything more than that, that it's looking to be about, hey, if you ever, Dale, if you ever see that I'm out there trying to write a book, please call me up and say, what are you doing? Because <laughs> against writing a book, like why wouldn't you? I just, um, if I did, it would have to be money donated to charity, because I would feel, I feel like my intentions of doing this are true. That I want to just totally help for me, right? I don't think there's, I, I listen, I the people that write books amaze me because every everybody I've had on my show that writes books, they tell me how damn hard it is, right? So part of me saying about writing a book is probably hearing how hard it is for everybody else. Right. Um, but like for me, ultimately I, and listen, there's probably a way to do it. Right. Like I shouldn't say that I should probably reconsider saying that, but I, what I meant more was this. I don't want to ever be looked at as that guy that like, yeah, see this guy started out with this. He was this genuine guy trying to help people. Right. And then he's now like, he's turned into this guy who's literally in it to try to make a buck kind of deal. Right. I just want to always be conscious of why I started doing this. And mm. as long as I can do things for the right reason, listen, I know that eventually maybe there is a way that, you know, to keep the lights on or to make it bigger, to impact more people. Maybe I do have to consider things like that. Right. But right now I'm so new at this and so raw. I'm just at that point where I want to make sure I'm staying true to my, my goals and my, and my reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because it becomes, you know, and I guess to the point of anyone goes, well, you know, podcast, whatever, everyone's got a podcast. Like there is some expense to it. Right. So it's some, some way, shape or form, like, you, you know, it costs to host it, it costs to process it, it costs to all those things. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it but, but you're right. Um, it, it shouldn't, I don't know about shouldn't's the right word. Um, I don't necessarily appreciate the podcast where it's always a spin on getting sold something, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, because because uh, I'm with you there. Like, uh, I don't make anything on the podcast. It's it's something I like enjoy. I, I enjoy doing it. I, I enjoy the conversation right. and the opportunity to, to to get these stories out there and again be a part of you know putting putting these things out in the world to to uh, hopefully uh, inspire some other people. You know, um, but it, you know, in my case, it's I. I do have expenses to it. So it's, it, it, you know, it's gotta be supportive because, you know, and then it comes to the, you know, with, when the expenses come, you know, no money, no message, you know, now the ability to point. attack one, you know, it, it is a good point. And, you know, I think probably for me right now, it's being so being so new to it. Right. Yeah. You know, you're not the first person that's told me that. Right. So, you know, there's probably going to be a point in time where I have to, obviously, you know, I might even be reaching out to somebody like you to be like, okay, like, what like what do I you know what I mean? What do I have to do here, right? Because that's the other thing. Like, if you want it to get out to more people, you want to keep it going. You do have to make sure that you can keep it going. So I sure. do get that part of it too. And you know, I just like I said at this point, I'm just going to keep trying to put out the messages and put it out there, and we'll we'll see where it leads. You know, and ultimately for me. I think it helps keep me on the straight and narrow too, right? Like how be kind of hypocritical for me to get on the podcast as a guy who had this journey and, you know, then I'm kind of reverting back to the old guy I was, you know what I mean? So like, 
my son jokes with me. He goes, yeah, dad, you shouldn't eat that. It might be bad for your brain. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, I guess, you know, there's that too. So it's, but listen, like you, I just, I have a lot of fun with it yeah. and I, I get excited when I know I'm going to be speaking to somebody new. And I, I kind of laugh now and it's kind of almost like, damn, I can't believe I've gotten to speak to all these really amazing people at this point. Yeah. Like I would have never dreamed, you know, that I would be doing this, you know, and I, I'm just happy and happy. Like you said, you made a great thing. That I want to remember today is, you know, being, I'm, I'm happy to be a soldier and to be somewhat of a leader and, hopefully to be an inspiration to, you know, I hope somebody that watches this podcast, they might go, Hey, that, that guy from Philly, he, he did it right. The bear guy, he did it. Why can't I do it? You know? Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of my story, Dale. Setting the example. Well, yeah, Charles, well, I appreciate you coming on and, and telling the story. Give us a real quick, where to find the podcast, what it's called and all that stuff. So they, they hear it one more time. Yeah. So if possible, anybody that's watching this and listening to this, uh, it would be really, really good help to me if you could check out my podcast on www.ngbn.tv. Under channels, there is the Bear Essentials channel. Um, that would be great if you can go there. But if not, not a problem. You can find me on the Bear Essentials, my YouTube channel. Uh, that has obviously audio and video, uh, not that you want to see me, but you would see me there. Um, also Spotify is audio and video enabled and you'll be able to see, uh, bear, the bear essentials on Spotify. Uh, I'm at Google podcast, um, Apple podcasts, uh, Amazon music and iHeartRadio. So I tried to, I think I ran the gauntlet, like everybody who does a podcast, trying to make sure we get on every, every spot we can. So, you know, a lot of places that you can find me, uh, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad, whatever, but it's, <laughs> it is what it is, people. You'll find me there and you'll, you know, you'll get to know me as the guy who is the bear with, you know, and when you watch my podcast, you'll, you know, just to laugh, my logo, I run with it, guys. I My logo is a cartoon bear. So that's always fun too. So uh, I try to keep it light and serious at the same time. And, you know, thank you so much. And thank you to Dale for allowing me to be on here. And whether it's me, whether it's Dale, listen, there's a lot of people out there providing valuable content and take a listen. It really, it's good for us to interact, send messages. Uh, my email address is cwallace at bearessentials.info. Uh, I'm open to all types of contact, whether good or bad, you know, I'll deal with it. It all will help me be better. So thank you all. 100% man. No, so it's been an honor to have you on. I appreciate you making the time and telling your story, sharing your experience. No, keep it, keep doing it. You know, it's going to serve those who need it. And again, I appreciate you coming on, Charles. So thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. Dale, thanks again. Take care. Bye. Thank you.